every day just try to get a little bit better. You don't got to move the mountain. The mountain is moved one little pebble at a time. But people are staring at the mountain all the time. Like I'm never going to move this mountain. Just focus on the pebble and in the moment right now. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. I'm your other co-host, Michael Palmer. And boy, do we have an amazing episode lined up for you today. Today's guest is uh, one of my childhood athletic heroes. Not that he's much older than I am, but uh, I was following him when I was in my late teens and early 20s. He is a winner at everything he's done in his life. He has been a major league baseball player and a World Series champion multiple times. He played for my hometown Toronto Blue Jays. That's when I remember him best, so I'm really, really excited about that. He also worked in uh, on Wall Street, and he achieved the pinnacle of success in that field, and he has been at the pinnacle of success in the network marketing industry. He's now decided that he wants to give back and leave a legacy of his expertise to you, the public, to you, the listener, and he's decided to become a global iconic thought leader with his background of success at everything he's done and with his celebrity as a Major League Baseball player and a World Series champion, he's going to do it. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Todd Stottlemyre. Welcome to the show, Todd. Nikki, Michael, what an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys today. And uh, look, man, you guys are iconic. I'm not iconic, but uh, <laughs> I, I certainly appreciate uh, the incredible introduction. It's an honor and privilege for me to be hanging out with you two guys today. Wow. Todd Stottlemyre, excited to be hanging out with me. This is cool stuff. So, Todd, listen, our listener to this podcast is either an aspiring thought leader or an actual thought leader. They're following this podcast because they're really interested in thought leadership, and they're interested in finding out how they can take their own thought leadership to the next level. And what you can give them is share with them how you took that powerful drive you had within you to become a successful world champion major league baseball player and apply it everywhere else in your life to such great success. Tell us your story, Todd. So, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty incredible place, a place called Yankee Stadium. It was it was my childhood playground. My brothers and I, my father was a uh, five-time All-Star and a three-time 20-game winner uh, pitcher for the New York Yankees. And and growing up in the mid-60s to mid-70s in New York uh, with my father, we, you know, we just went to work every day with my dad. So he went to put on his uniform, and we went with him to his work wearing ours and having Yankee Stadium as a playground. And, you know, I still think back to the days, and I still kind of pinch myself. It was incredible. You know, I'd be standing in the outfield grass during Yankee batting practice to a guy by the name of Mickey Mantle. And, you know, it was just amazing that, you know, the the team, some of the teammates my father had and, 
and Whitey Ford and Roger Maris, Bobby Mercer, Thurman Munson. You know, I could go on and on and on. Yogi Berra was his first manager. And, and you know, as a kid, we inherited my father's surroundings, environment. We inherited, you know, his relationships. And, and that environment was a, it was an environment that dreams do come true, that people were trying and and focused on becoming the best in the world at what they did. And at that time, it was, you know, for my father, it was Major League Baseball. And, and then to grow up and, and have that dream, to live out that childhood dream, to play Major League Baseball, to play 15 seasons, to land on three world championship teams, to be a part of that great Toronto Blue Jay run was incredible for me. It was, I uh, love the city of Toronto, love the country of Canada. You know, I really grew up and went from boyhood to manhood in that city. A lot of lessons along the way, played with them, some extraordinary people, you know, and then after my baseball career, you know, went on to work for a Wall Street firm and and uh, built in a massive asset management team at a Wall Street firm, uh, raised hundreds of millions of dollars. We had incredible success in business after the game of baseball. But, you know, I woke up one day and I said, you know, I just don't want to go to an office anymore anymore. And I didn't see myself living the rest of my life uh, walking into an office every day. And I said, I'm going to go find something else and actually launched my own hedge fund. Uh, we built some companies from the ground up. I fell in love with network marketing. It's kind of weird, right? It's like, what a story uh, for me anyway. And I laugh at it, to be honest with you guys. You know, you got to laugh at yourself and 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 to grow up uh, with with storied athletes, some of the greatest athletes in the world, to live out that childhood dream, to then go to work for a Wall Street firm, to land in network marketing, uh, who would have thought that was going to be my life's journey? And and the reason I love the industry is because you got to love the people. And, and one of the things is, is that when you're surrounded around people that are exploring opportunity, looking for better ways, uh, it's where, to me, you learn the most. So I've had incredible learning experiences. Here's what I would tell you that because I got a chance to play with some elite athletes, play for some Hall of Fame managers, led me to wanting to write my book and and, and making the second half of my life uh, not so much about me, my goals, what can I achieve, how much money can I make, and trying to fulfill me. But uh, my next dream is is how many people can I help uh, along the way hit their dreams and what kind of impact can I make having an impact? And, and I, what I've found is, is guys, is I found that I have so much fulfillment being able to directly or indirectly influence or help someone else. And then watching them hit all of their dreams, hit all of their goals, achieve all their success, develop their inner champion and, and for me, that is just the most, most fulfilling thing in the world. And that's where it lands me in the space that I'm playing in today. And so excited that we just launched my first book, Relentless Success. And, and through that, I developed a nine-point achievement system. Not something that I read, although I believe that reading books is an incredible way to learn. But it's not just about learning information. It's about taking what I learn and applying it, trying it, putting it to work, uh, and then achieving different results, good and bad, and, and going through the process. But it's not about how much knowledge I can attain or go and grab. It's about how much knowledge can I put to work for benefit. See, that's powerful. 
Um, so this is where we are today, guys. Once again, honor and privilege. Uh, happy to be, love being on your guys' show. Love you guys. Love Canada. Love the Blue Jays. We all love the same thing on this podcast. So I love it. I love, I love it. This is amazing. <laughs> So, Todd, the name of your book is Relentless Success, the nine-point system for major league achievement. So, I mean, I've started to read the book. Uh, I, I couldn't put it down. I actually had to put the book down. I was I was a few minutes late here for the podcast interview because I was reading your book on the way here. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it, it's, it's fascinating. It's brilliant. I, I was reading the foreword by Tony La Russa who's a Hall of Fame manager in baseball. Uh, I saw the five stages as he outlined them, and I also started to read your story about uh, the time you were out with your mentor, Dave Stewart, and you had that experience with, with, with the police. So there's a lot of gold here in this book. Why don't you walk us through the nine-step achievement system for Major League Achievement? So I, you know, I started out with, you know, chapter one is, is what do you want? What do you, what's the dream? What's the goal? You know, and... You know, we got to first figure out is what do we even want in life? And and so I talk about, you know, growing up and, of course, Yankee Stadium and how my dream developed. And then, you know, chapter two, I go into chapter two and it's like, well, when we figure out what we want, we got to figure out how we're going to get it. And it always boils down to a handful of behaviors done day in and day out that develop into habits and coming from the baseball field and out of a baseball career, it's like, you know, I'll I just think back to the times uh, in spring training and the drills you got to do over and over and over and over thousands and thousands of times. And there would be times I'd be standing on a on a major league field in spring training going, man, this guys, we all know how to do this, but it's not about knowing how it's about creating reactive habits. And so I talk about step two is what are the fundamental skills, habits, behaviors, the few things someone's got to do day in and day out, no matter what the industry is, what are the handful of things we got to do to achieve the goal? Number three is, of course, the why. The why is everything to do with your cause, all the reasons why. And I always say that when you look at your why is what's more powerful, what's more emotional, Hitting the goal, hitting the dream, achieving the result, living the life or not. You see, something's going to push you into action on a daily basis. I look at chapter four and, and the fourth piece of the system. It is what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? There's always going to be sacrifices along the way. What are you willing to give up in the short term? I walked through a number of the sacrifices I had to make to live out my childhood dream. Chapter five being fighting the enemy. Guys, I got to tell you something. The enemy is person, place, or thing, opinion, object, something, maybe a current circumstance, situation. What's holding us back? See, at the end of the day, it's like when you start to develop and look into people and they say, man, Todd, I really want this. And I say, well, why aren't we, why aren't we achieving it? And then say, well, but, and this and that. I say, listen, man, all of those things sound great, but they're excuses, they're lies, we're this, they're that. These are the things sometimes internally we hold ourselves back. Sometimes our opinions of ourselves hold us back. Sometimes it's the opinions of other people. I grew up in the shadow of a great Yankee pitcher where I was told by the world I wasn't like my father. And I go into that. It's like, what are the enemies we got to fight? Chapter six, decision time. If you don't make the decision, 
then I just tell people, listen, it's very simple. You're always making a decision, an intentional decision to move forward for your goals and dreams or the decision to accept whatever life gives you. Your choice, but it's going to be a decision. Who are your working partners? Who's your coaches? Who's your mentors? Uh, Step seven. Uh, Step eight sounds obvious, and that's called take the quit option off the table. See, look, at the end of the day, it's like uh, most people don't get it, you know, from the standpoint of, to achieve ultimate success, to, to reach the pinnacle, it could take years. It could take decades. You see, and we live in this society today of instant gratification. I talk in the book and, you know, I humble myself to the point where I was like, hey, 1989, I was so close to giving up on my dream that 22 years old, after I got sent down by the Toronto Blue Jays for the second consecutive time in the second consecutive year, where I started to wonder, is the world right? I wasn't like my father. I wasn't going to be able to be a major league pitcher. All of these things. And then I always tell people, what if I would have quit? See, what I couldn't see was 30 days later. 30 days later, getting called back to the major leagues. 15 years later, living out my childhood dream. Three world titles, making tens of millions of dollars, but yet... 30 days before being called back on the night I was sent down, I was thinking about giving up. And what if I would have? See, life would be so much different. Yeah, I would have missed out on the teammates. Yes, I would have missed out on the world championships. Yes, I would have missed out on all the money and all those things, and they're not even important. I would have missed out on the most powerful thing in the world, and that is the belief that dreams do come true, ladies and gentlemen. And the second you give up, you see, you start ratcheting down, you start putting ceilings above your head, and you start living in a world and a life where you don't believe that everything is possible. So step eight is take the quit option off the table. Step nine is very simple. It takes work. Nothing works until you do. We got to get in action. And then step nine, it's not just about getting in action. It's about measuring all of the process on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly plan. So that's the book inside of that book, inside of those steps, guys, is my life, my life journey, the life stories. Here's what I would tell you. I wasn't smart enough to come up with the steps They were the fact that I lived through these steps and in each pivot, a piece of my life, there was a group of people around me that helped me get from one place to the next, whether it was through uh, behavior, skills, fundamentals, whether it was my mindset, my heart set, no matter what it was, there was always a group of people called elite performers around me that helped me get from one step to the next, that, that it's a life's journey that this nine-point system that I tell you that I was helped me, this nine-point system in every aspect of my life and the entire wheel of life and everything in each and everything that I do on a daily basis. Thank you, Todd. That's, uh, I mean, the, the, I'm looking forward to, I haven't just getting the book now, so I'm looking forward to actually reading it. My question for you is you've had success in multiple areas in your life and you brought something to those learnings, trials, tribulations, all sorts of different things that you would have gone through. And now in your life today, it's about building your audience, building your following, getting your message out to the world. What do you think your biggest challenge is going to be in that space now? Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's like, you know, so funny as people say, Todd, 
why now you retired from Major League Baseball in 2002, it's 2017, 15 years later, you're coming out with a book. Did you miss the window? And, and I would say that the biggest challenge, you know, it's funny, as a major league athlete, right, a lot of times outside of the ballpark, you're hiding. <laughs> you live a very private life. I kind of laugh at it. You live this very private life and this and that. And then after major league baseball, you get into business. And of course, I mentioned a Wall Street firm network marketing. Now I'm writing a book and I'm like, hey, man, anyone remember me? And it's kind of like so it's kind of almost rebuilding myself, reinventing myself and reestablishing myself back into a, a public world. And, and uh, so, look, I, I, I know it's going to take time. I would say that I believe that's the biggest challenge. And, and a lot of people, as the book was coming out and a lot of interviews is why now? And, you know, I didn't pick this. See, I never thought First of all, that and I never had an intention, hey, that I'm going to author a book and I'm going to do this. See, it was just by going through life. And, you know, I was with my father a couple of years ago. He's battling multiple myeloma, a blood cancer. I got a frantic call from my mother. You know, she reached out to me. She says, you need to get on an airplane now. Uh, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, flew up to Seattle. I landed in Seattle. I had no idea when my father would even be alive I get to the hospital, I walk in, he's running a temperature of 105 plus, delirious, you know, going through all the chemo treatments and radiation and all the things you go and cancer patients go through, he was going through and that was taking a toll on his life. And, and we didn't know the outcome, but three days later, he led our family out of the hospital. I was watching the greatest warrior I've ever witnessed in a battle for his life. And I remember we got to his house and he said, Todd, he says, let's take a drive in the mountains. And we take a drive up through the mountains. I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat. He's looking at these homes. And he says to me, he says, Todd, he says, someday, someday, he says, you know, I'm thinking about buying a home up here in the mountains. And you see that struck, that changed everything had the way I think. I was like, wow. Here's a guy with the most grueling life circumstances. He's in the battle of his life, but yet he's not given any power to his cancer, to his current circumstances. He's, he's still given all of his power to his vision, to his future, to a life he's going to live. And yet three days prior to that, we were just hoping he would live that day. And I was like, wow. And I got, I got to his house that night after the drive, and I thought to myself, man, I've been around some of the greatest people, starting with my mother and father as mentors, and some of the greatest athletes, coaches, some of the greatest minds in business. And I've used and applied all the lessons that I've learned from these people. Why haven't I given those back to other people to see if it'll work for them, if those lessons can help those people? And I said, you know what? It is time to tell a story, write a book, and make the second half of my life about other people. So it wasn't like I had a plan. So I would tell you the biggest obstacle is just getting the message back out 15 years after I was already in the public eye. We'll be back with the rest of today's interview with our guest in just a moment. Welcome to another segment of Success Strategies for Your Thought Leader Practice. I'm here with Michael Palmer, and today we're going to talk about 
one of the key principles in our one-page download called the Authority Marketing Blueprint. And the principle is don't do it alone. Michael, why is that important? Listen, doing it alone, I mean, we've had guest after guest after guest. These are people who are world-renowned thought leaders that have all said doing it alone does not work. And I don't think you'll find one successful business person or person in general out there that's going to say, hey, I did it all myself. You need other people to give you information, to feedback information, and to push you in a direction that you might not be able to go on your own. It's what mentors are for. It's what coaches are for. It's what your peer, great peer groups are for. Things like helping you understand what's valuable about your message, helping you see a bigger, bigger opportunity that you might not be able to see. Great saying is that it's impossible to read a label in a bottle when you're inside that bottle. And so when you get with other people, they're able to show you and, and help you with things you might not be able to see. And when, when you do that, new things can happen, bigger results can happen. And I know in my life, when I've done things on my own, it's when I've plateaued. It's when I've even gone backwards. When I've gotten with people that are moving in a powerful direction, I've made great strides. That's absolutely true. And, and you know what? I think every single one of our guests has confirmed that message for us. That's powerful. So listen, if this message resonates with you, one way for you not to do it alone in your journey is to come join us at one of our quarterly eCircle Academy immersions. These are three-day events where we basically put together a room full of thought leaders and aspiring thought leaders, all of whom are there to make the difference they were born to make, to make their den in the universe. You get to learn from them. You get to learn with them. You're going to be in a room with a group of people that are really going to resonate with you. Charlie Tremendous Jones said, you're going to be the same person three years from now as you are today, except for two things, the books you read and the people you hang around. Well, the amazing thing about the immersion is we give you a lot of great books to read. And the other amazing thing about the immersion is you're going to be around a lot of great people. So if you're interested in that, Go to our website, eastercoleacademy.com, and we have a discount code you can use, which is T-O-B-T-L-Q-4, T-O-B-T-L-Q-4. If you use that code, it'll help you get a nice discount off the price of one of our upcoming events. That's all for now. We'll return now to the rest of our interview with today's guest. Todd, that's amazing. Um, You privately told me your father's story before. And you told me about this particular story that you just revealed to everybody else. And it blows me away that there is such a fierce warrior spirit in your family. Your father has it. You had it. You had it as a major league baseball player. I mean, I'll never forget when the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series over the Phillies. And the mayor of Philadelphia had been razzing you. Uh, I think it was it was Ed Rendell at the time. I think, right? And, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and then you you got you got uh, you were at the Sky Dome with the rest of the team, and um, you basically told Ed Rendell he, he he could go kiss you behind. And it was that spirit. The the, the, the I remember the the stadium erupted. Right? I mean, they were happy we'd won. It was all great. But when you said that, the whole stadium erupted because you were a warrior taking on the battle for your teammates, for the city. And, and there's 
a lot of power in that. I, I believe that Warrior Spirit may be part of your next book. You know, talk to me about how that's helped you win and achieve at the highest levels. Well, man, I got to tell you, it takes me back to 1981. And, you know, I write the story in the book. It's uh, chapter three. And my little brother, actually, in 1977, uh, at the age of seven, I was 11. He was seven, uh, right before Christmas, was diagnosed with leukemia. And, you know, he battled. And so our gift, uh, our Christmas gift to our family was my seven-year-old little brother had cancer. And and, you know, and it was, it, that's, look, look, we all know in the world, there's people out there, man, that are fighting the fight that are in hospitals right now. I pray for all of them. And, you know, but when it, when it hits your family and it hits a seven-year-old boy, you know, it's just like, man, it's, it obviously takes a family to their knees. <clears throat> but we battled, we stayed positive. We came together. My little brother went into remission. <clears throat> a couple years later, the disease attacked his body again. Once again, we bunkered down. Um, my little brother went through hell through the chemo treatments now as a nine-year-old boy after doing it two years prior as a seven-year-old boy, losing his hair. I um, mean, you can imagine all of that, all his peers wondering what's going on. This little boy's gone bald for the second time. And and yet he continued to live life, man, and 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 chasing the butterflies and loving nature and all the great things that life was bringing his way. And then I uh, went into remission for the second time. And then a year later, the disease attacked his body. And the doctor said that his only chance for long-term survival would be a bone marrow transplant. Now, this is back in 1981. And so everybody in our family, they, they tested our blood. My blood matched his blood perfectly, my marrow. And, and, and you know, we were uh, four and a half years apart, but probably looked like twins. And, and so I laid down my body and did a bone marrow transplant for my little brother, and and that was in uh, in 1981, and 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 um, you know the marrow was injected or needles were injected into my hips 260 different times, and then put into his body through an IV, and the, and it seemed to work, and and he was running around the hospital, and and we were making long term plans with the doctor, the frequent check in once a month to continue you know, keeping an eye on everything. And two days before he was released from the hospital, he went into a coma and, uh, and he never came out of that coma. And he had died two days later in, in Seattle Children's um, Cancer Hospital. And, and I, remember, I remember it was like it was yesterday and it was like the typical sadness hit our family that you would expect. Um, I was 15 at the time and he was 11 and, um, and that, that typical sadness set in and, and it was a tragic event, but there was, it was more, oh boy, stay with me guys. There it was more to it than the typical sadness for me. There was hate. I hated the world. I was mad and there was guilt and that guilt came with, it was my marrow that put him into a coma and I left that hospital feeling like. I had just murdered my little brother and it was it. And, and it didn't matter what someone told me. That's what I believe. That's what I felt. That's the pain I had inside of me. And that pain stayed with me and can begin to control every competitive situation I got in into 
It didn't matter what it was. It could be a, a game of checkers, a game of chess. It could be a basketball game in the backyard. It was win or die trying. And, and watching my little brother go through and fight for his life and the courage and everything that he had and the no-quit attitude and never giving up and, and yet no having no control over his circumstances. And that was where the hate came in for me. It was like we were completely out of control. So I became this person, literally a 180 degree mind shift from this laid back 15 year old boy with all of this athletic talent that was just living life to this monster. And that monster was being driven by a circumstance and a tragedy. And yet over time, they say time heals, but it wasn't as if it really healed. It was just, I put a box around it. And every time I got into a situation where there was confrontation, you know, I would take all of my competitiveness and I would go right to the edge and sometimes overboard. And I used to beat myself on the field because of lost emotions or lost reactions. And, and a lot of it was being driven by all of the hate, all of the guilt that was buried inside of me in this little box. See, I never healed what was inside. And every time I was put or my back was put against the wall, that's the pain that would come out into a competitive deal. So I had to relearn at the major league level how to control my mind, how to look at things. And man, I had to go get healing. And part of my book is, and you can hear it in my voice today when I talk about it. It's like every time I get into the discussion, it's healing, it's a chance to heal. But here's what I would tell you. The spirit to win, and not just to win, but to fight in, in, in some of the worst circumstances in the world. And I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. I had an 11-year-old boy that was one of my greatest mentors in my life. That was my little brother. He didn't just teach me how to live. He taught me how to die. And, and I, will, I will just tell you that that moment, that time, and, you know, that hate and that guilt has now turned into being grateful. And so there's, there's been years, decades of time that it took for healing. And today I look at his life. I look at it with celebration. I look at it with joy. And I'm grateful that I had 11 years on this earth with him. And that because of it, he's helped me become the man that I need to be in order to teach and witness and help others that may go through that same and similar situation. Wow. Todd, I, uh, this doesn't happen often, but I'm speechless. Um, I'm sad for your, for your family and, 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 and it brought tears to my eyes. And it's an incredible story of bravery and, and, and warriorhood that runs in your family, man, in a big way. Well, you know, I'm, I watched my dad today, man, and it's like, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I say, he, I, I lived in this, growing up, I had this most inspiring environment. I said, but today I witness inspiration at a whole nother level, just watching him and just have that no give attitude. Look, man, that's what it takes. And if people, you know, and I, and I try to explain to people, they say, man, Todd, I'm having such a tough time. I said, how long have you been doing it? Man, I've been doing it three months. I go, three months? I go, listen, you might have a tough time for another decade trying to achieve the result you're trying to achieve. You just got to stick with it. It's going to be worth it. 
You see, and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, look, persistence and that will to fight, to get up every day. And it's like, and, and what's the alternative? You know, the alternative is just to fit in. Who wants to fit in, man? Who just wants Not to go me. through? <laughs> look, let me tell you something. If average is the best life that you can possibly leave, then live the best average you can live, period. If that's the best you can do then that's okay, <laughs> you know? And it's like, but man, the strive to become more, the strive to become better every day. Listen, I read, I pour into journaling. I, I, I'm, I try to get complete awareness of, of how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, what my emotions are. And, and, and it's like every day, just try to get a little bit better. You don't got to move the mountain. The mountain is moved one little pebble at a time, but people are staring at the mountain all the time. Like I'm never going to move this mountain. Just focus on the pebble and in the moment right now. And to me, it's like when there's a fight, when there's a circumstance, when there's a situation, it's like what circumstance and what's the fight? What can I do right now? And the power of N-O-W now is powerful, isn't it? It's like, what can I do right now? Forget about an hour from now. Forget about a day, a decade, this and that. What, what pebble can I move right now that's going to contribute to me ultimately moving that mountain someday? Guys, you know, I can get excited and go on all day long. So let me well, turn it back to you, Nikki, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I, as I'm listening to you, and both Nikki and I are fathers, and you know can't even contemplate the the the, the challenge and trauma that your family would have gone through and yourself, and it's a very touching and moving story. And then listening to you now, you're saying, "What can I do right now?" And I ask myself, "What can I do right now?" And really, it's just listening to you and listening intently as I possibly can. And I think what I'm what I'm realizing often is that right now, a lot of the times are filling it up with a bunch of garbage. And, yeah. and so it's like, just as simply is I can only be in one place at one time. I can't multitask. I can't write an email while still listening to you. But in that, I'm able to receive the gifts of you and your life and your experiences. And, and what I realized was, here we are, providing something to our listener right now as if we're in a dugout with one of the the greatest athletes of of all time who's lived this life and we're able to receive the gifts of your life and your life experience and share in that and contribute as well and so for me I just want to say thank you for for sharing and just your openness and transparency around your life and where you're going, Todd. It's been really an enjoyable experience. Man, I, I, Michael, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm also a father of five children. And, and you know, I, I would say to all the dads out there, it's like, you know, so many times, man, we, we walk back into the home after a day of work. And sometimes we take work with us and and sometimes we're sitting at the dinner table and and maybe things aren't going so well at the job or the company. And yet you're at the dinner table and your mind is consumed. And here's what I want you guys to know. 
Your kids know your mind is consumed. They know you're not present with them. And I got to tell you, I'll never forget, (laughs) man. I was working my brains out, guys. By the way, let me make sure I'm crystal clear. I have failed miserably my entire life at everything I tried to achieve, which is why ultimately I just stuck with it long enough to find a way to land in a place where they said, hey, Todd, you won. And I'm like, okay, great. So I just want everyone to know that. But I'm going to tell you, I was working my brains out after my baseball career, building businesses. And I remember I come home from a trip and my wife looked at me. She says, you might as well be on the road. And I said, honey, I just got home. And now I'm listen, my wife is my, my, she's my partner. She's the great, she's the greatest love I have on earth. Uh, she's my soulmate. She's my best friend. And I looked at her. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, you, you might think you're here but you're not, and your children know that you're not. And I was like, wow. I mean, you talk about the greatest lesson and wake-up call for awareness and being in the moment. And, you know, I was so consumed with building business and fighting the fight that it, 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 it took up every waking moment, every thought, and I forgot to take time out with my children and be a hundred percent present with them. I'm thankful my wife had the courage to hit me in the face with it, to stand me up. And you know, to this day, you know, we have dinner, there's no cell phones. When we have moments with the children, it's about being a hundred percent in the moment. And I don't take their life because of mine. And I don't take anything for granted, not for one second. I don't take their health for granted. I don't take that moment for granted. It's kind of like the three of us right now, we're a hundred percent, we're in the moment and we need to have these moments with our children. It is so, because they know and they are so smart and they are so aware and look, Here's what our children need most from us dads, that they know that we care, that we love them, that we love being with them. That's something completely different. And let me tell you something. When you get there, it's going to help your business and it's going to help your job and it's going to help your company because you're going to know what you're fighting for and ultimately what really is important and how do you really become fulfilled, you know, I, I love agree these with smiling that. kids for me at dinner. You know, they'll race a bad day in a second, you know, just being with them. So, you know, I didn't plan on saying that, but it no, came out good. today and I, I'm I, reactive. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yesterday I was interviewed uh, on a podcast for dads. How much of a coincidence, quote unquote, is that? And so what you're saying is bang on. I mean, um, I got two sons, and what they want more than anything is my attention. So yesterday I was working from home, and I had a bunch of calls to make, and I was on the podcast and whatever. So my boys were coming up to me while I was in the middle of my calls, Daddy, Daddy, this. And, and like, I was getting frustrated for a while, but I I just stopped, and I realized, hey, man, they just want to be with me. So when I was done with one of my calls, I was sitting in my car just outside the baseball diamond, and my boys were, you know— taking some batting practice and playing catch. So I just went up there with him. When we played catch, we threw the baseball around for about 20, awesome. 30 minutes. It was, it was a beautiful thing, you know? And um, 
it's good to see powerful men like you take a stand for fatherhood. So, Todd, this has been an amazing interview. We end every interview by asking you, our, our, our guest, to give us your top three expert action steps that you recommend our listener takes on in their life and in their business to take it to the next level. First of all, put it in writing, man. It's like, don't wait till tomorrow to put it in writing. Put it in writing right now. And then we got to figure out what are those few things that are going to help us achieve and hit that goal. And by the way, don't wait until next week to get started. Get started right now. So let's say health and fitness is an issue and you want to get you know, healthier, you want to get more fit. Don't wait until next week to go to the gym to sign up for the gym membership. Make the call right now. Goes back to the power of now and putting ourselves in action with those few things. And, and so first thing, put it in writing. Second thing, identify the fundamentals, the skills, the behaviors, the things that need to become habits in order for us to do that. And look, the third thing I would tell you is, is go find somebody who's an expert in that field. Go learn everything you can. And, and here's what I would tell you. If they have audios, hit play, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, until those audios from that expert in that field to where you start to have the same language, same mindsets, uh, so you can go achieve the same results. Look, we live in a copy and paste world. Go copy success. There are, there are, there's, there, it's out there everywhere. I'm going to give you a fourth. Don't you forget. Don't just get started. Finish the race. Take the quit option off the table. I love it. Those are powerful, powerful. So, Todd, tell uh, tell the folks where they can get the book. So, I got a uh, listen. I got a website, toddofficial.com. I actually, I'm gonna tell you, the challenge was I actually did read my own audio book. We just finished it. Uh, I have it on my website right now. Actually, you can get an autographed copy of the book, the physical book, and it's packaged also with the audio book. We have that for sale at toddofficial.com. So. Hey, listen, if you'll come over, I'm signing every book that is sold through my website. We're going to sign every book for as long as I'm above ground. I'm going to sign every person's book that wants to buy a book from me. We just want to get the message out. That's fantastic. So they get a personally autographed book from Todd Stottlemyre, three-time World Series champion. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal deal. So we'll make sure that we include the website in our show notes. Todd, it's been a blast having you on the show. This has been fantastic. I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on the show. Thank you so much for being here with us. Well, Nikki, Michael, I appreciate it, man. I'm honored, first of all, to be asked to be on your show. I know we I had some scheduling issues and and we had a date and I had to cancel. So I I appreciate your guys' patience and persistence. It's an honor and privilege to be able to share with you. Hey, I feel blessed and fortunate. Somebody wants to ask me a question and is interested in what I might have to say. So God bless you guys, man. And I'll talk to you both very soon. Thank you, Todd. All right. Take care, fellas. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. To get more information about today's wonderful guest, you can go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. You'll find all the links from the show. Until next time, goodbye.
You've been listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 